Are you ready to listen to my dad, Joe, and Uncle Justin talk about sports? Now on with the show. The Joe Mays and J-Raff Show is brought to you by Mays Sandwich Shop, which have been serving the greater Westlawn area delicious food for over 70 years. You are listening to the Joe Mays and J-Raff Show. Boring. A <clears throat> weekly podcast about sports since 2011. Don't you ever get tired of being wrong all the time. With a focus on football. 36-yard line of Philly. Shotgun snap to Hertz. Dropping back. Only one person rushing. Hertz looking, standing still, winding up. Long pass. It lands at the 20. No one is there. Zeros on the clock. It's over. It's over. The Chiefs have won. The Chiefs have won Super Bowl 57 on a game-winning field goal. Trailing at 10. At the halftime stop, 24-14, they go on to win 38-35. What a game. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffoff. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the Joe Mays and j Show. Here we are for episode 387. I am I'm not alone, but I'm not with my normal co-host, Justin Raffoff. Gave him the night off. He's traveling today, coming back from rooting for his favorite college football team, the Michigan Wolverines, and there's a huge Go Blue UM guy, supporter. I'm sure he's listening to this and just... Uh, Really angry with me right now. No, we know Justin's a Penn State guy, but two years in a row now, he got tickets to the Big Ten Championship in Indianapolis, hoping maybe to get to see Penn State play. And all he got was to see Michigan win back-to-back Big Ten Championships against the likes of Purdue and Iowa. So really, uh, Big Ten West mainstays out there, always popular. Uh, but no, I don't do this show on my own. You know I don't like to do that. So calling in... Uh, the pinch hitter extraordinaire for us here on the Joe Mays and JRF show, and always a, a great guest on the Bulldog Hour as well, is SV Sports and BurkeSportsReport.com, Paul Roberts. Paul, thanks for coming back. Yeah, sure thing. And and let's all be honest, if you have an opportunity to see that Iowa offense in oh, person, yeah. who in their right mind would turn that down? How do you not take advantage of that opportunity? Once in a lifetime to see that display that offensive prowess putting up zero points uh in the what excitement personified (laughs) exactly the iowa offense yeah it reminds me of the rams the greatest show on turf (laughs) yes exactly except not at all perfectly perfect the perfect uh opposite in the flesh man i'm glad that the big Ten's going away from divisions that has gotten old real fast we'll see what happens next year a lot of changes coming in college football, Paul, and I think we're going to start right there. Was there any news today in college football? I, it, I didn't hear much. We can probably it. breeze through this pretty quickly <laughs> and get to you know the uh, the meat of the schedule, which obviously was Eagles Niners, which I'm sure all of my Philadelphia brethren w- are looking forward to talking about uh, after that display down in South Philly today. But they'll be in a good mood tomorrow. One hundred percent. I gave Justin the option cause he is, he is home, but he's relaxing. I said, Hey, if you want to vent, you want to get your frustrations out. Obviously we still got a mic ready for you. 
but he, he passed on that opportunity. Wanted to to lay low. Uh, I, I'm not sure he could bite his tongue enough uh, on the show tonight. So uh, we'll, we'll we'll get uh, an outsider's perspective. Yeah, Paul, every time I invite you on. I always think about this because you're you're a journalist. Uh, you've been in the the industry for a long time now, but at some point, obviously, you were a fan of you. you had a fandom. I know you still root for the Orange, right? An alum. How you, could you, you tell? It. Yeah. Uh, so when we talk college football, and uh, you know, I mentioned this on on Twitter today at Paul Roberts Cuse is where you can find me there. I don't know how much was sympathy and understanding for Florida State versus hatred slash jealousy for Alabama SEC. Because I think there is a lot of that out of there. But to your point, what I've always taken a lot of pride in, you know, doing talk radio for 20 years, is being objective. Uh, I've always joked about, you know, all the Homer J. Simpsons out there. Um, You know, and the same is true with sports betting, which I, I talk a lot about on Twitter. If you're not objective and if you're not able to take the emotion out of the equation, you're not going to be good when it comes to sports betting. And that's how I always viewed journalism that and may, and some people have different perspectives. My job wasn't to be a cheerleader. I mean, they, they have cheerleaders. They're paid and they're a lot better looking than I am. <laughs> um, my job was trying to be honest with the fans. I, I always thought. When I look in the mirror after a show, was I honest with the people that were listening or was I just trying to get clicks or be a fanboy or do Eagles chants or stuff like that? So, um, you know, I've, I've, I'm a big 76ers fan, love Charles Barkley. I used to watch all of those games. I'd actually, uh, this, this dates me, but I remember mailing basketball cards like uh, hoops through the mail through the mail to get them autographed Those TTM autographs from like Barkley and the G-Man Mike Jaminski Did you get them back? Yeah, yeah. I did. Hersey Hawkins, Johnny Dawkins, uh, Armin Gilliam, the Hammer, all the Scotty Brooks, I mean all all those guys. Uh like the Flyers a lot um growing up. Baseball wise, my dad is a big Yankees fan. So all my baby pictures, my brother and I, uh, we're all in Yankees stuff. So if you want to blame somebody about that, you can blame my dad. That's your dad, huh? I used to chuckle, though, when people would say that I was a bandwagon fan because my childhood with the Yankees was Don Mattingly and a lot of scrubs. Okay, <laughs> this was this was pre-Jeter and those guys didn't come around until early mid nineties. It wasn't your right. formative years. No, I was dealing with the Mel Halls, <laughs> the Steve Balbonis, the uh, Roberto Kelly, Luis Polonia, Scott Sanderson, uh, go on and on and on. You know, Melito and Pasqual Perez. I mean, those were the Yankees that, that I was rooting not, for. Uh, not Jeter, Rivera, Posada, um, that came Paul, Paul right. Like I was in college when they got really <laughs> good and and started winning. So, how about um, 
Well, I mean, I, Syracuse, obviously, but what about when you were growing up? Did you have a college team then? Were you always a Syracuse fan, or did that wait um, until You know, later? one of the first games I remember as a kid was Penn State-Miami, okay. when Testaverde threw, I think, 18 interceptions in the game. <laughs> and then, He's still throwing Then them. there was talk about him being colorblind, and uh, you know, Pete Giftopoulos, of course, yep. made the, the big one at the end. So, I, yeah, I mean... Uh, Fiesta Bowl, the, right. the night college football went to hell. I love that article. <laughs> It's a great article. So, like, around here, obviously, you're going to get a lot of uh, Penn State. It, the funny thing, though, is my twin brother, uh, and you know what? Myself, uh, we were Georgetown fans oh, when insane. it came to college basketball. And then I I end up going to Syracuse. And I, I, don't, Ooh, like, yeah. I don't like snow a, a <laughs> little bit. Uh, and as a kid, I like Georgetown. But... Um, it was all the journalism school. Trust me. My freshman year, we got 30 inches of snow in November alone. So <laughs> yeah, well, I, it wasn't for the weather that I went there. Any longtime listeners of this show have heard this story many times. And I've probably told you, but I was at the kind of breakout game for Camar- Carmelo Anthony uh, when they came back from down like double digits against Pitt, uh, February like 1st or 2nd. Uh, 2003, I guess that would have been. And we were walking around up there in freezing cold just piles of snow, having no idea where we're, you know, we're high school kids. We were high school seniors when I was up there for that game. And I was just like, it would be interesting to be up here for school all the time. I knew I was going to Penn State, but Syracuse was, I mean, it was cool. It was great. To, but watching basketball in the carrier dome, that was, that was bonkers. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then, then it was, it was mobbed. So for people who haven't been there, you know, football will run this way. And basketball, they Other essentially way, yeah. cut it in half. Perpendicular, yeah. Um, but you still have some people that are actually on the other half for, yeah. for games when it was absolutely mobbed. Um, and I was lucky. The years I was there, I um, mean, you know, the Big East teams that came in, you, you'd see a, a, a star, an NBA player on almost every – I got to see Allen Iverson. Right. At Georgetown. Speaking of the Georgetown yeah. connection. Um, I mean, it was, you know, every team that would come in had had NBA players. So I enjoyed it. It is funny, though, you know, covering high school football around here. And sometimes you talk to people and it's, you know, like this past Friday night covering the, the Y missing state semifinal. It was like 42, 43. Uh, you know, the rain was annoying, but I'm like, I wasn't cold to be honest. And then, you know, you hear some people complain. I'm like, listen, yeah, <laughs> it could be way worse. Spend four years in upstate New York and then <laughs> tell me how bad 42 with no, no <laughs> snow is and no wind. It's all context and perspective. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, that's what we hear about all the time when it dips down into the fifties in Florida, they're whipping out the winter jackets and gloves and people, you know, from up North, if you're visiting, you're in shorts and a hoodie. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yep. what what are you used to? No. Yeah. Um so yeah, the the college stuff, college football playoff an- announced today. There was I I can't recall since and I feel like I've seen written uh, that there hasn't been so much talk about the selection process and debate since maybe the first one back in 2014. I'm trying, you know, we're at uh 10 years of the mm-hmm. CFP and yeah. it always felt like by and large there was always a pretty clear-cut top 4 or or you knew who the top two or three was, and there was probably a guy at four. The debates came later for other things that weren't as important. It was only about who's going to play or have the opportunity to play for a national championship. Well, then this year was kind of chaotic. Uh, 
And the one thing they couldn't have happened is exactly what happened is Georgia on a 29-game winning streak, <laughs> losing to Alabama in the SEC championship game, made their job really difficult. Yep. And everything else kind of went the way... I, well, that's not true because a lot of people thought Oregon was going to beat Washington, which if that would have happened, I, I don't know if that would have made things more clear or more dirty. It's it's wild to think about it. But Florida State, minus their quarterback, he's been out now for a few weeks, uh, had a, a bad uh, ankle injury, I think it was, or lower leg injury out for the season. He can't play anymore. They were able to get the job done against Louisville, win the ACC. Uh, did that mostly because of their defense. They're on their third string quarterback because their backup uh, is in concussion protocol. But they end up going undefeated, 13-0. and I feel like any other year, you would think they're probably a lock for the playoff. But because of the extenuating circumstances with the quarterback, they're the ones that get left out. They're the last team or the first team out, number five in the ratings. Seeing Alabama fresh off an SEC championship win over undefeated Georgia, squeeze in at four, and Texas jump all the way up to three. They destroyed Oklahoma State in the Big 12 championship, the last uh, opportunity for Texas to win the Big 12. And then you have two undefeated teams, Michigan at one, Washington at two. Um, I feel like Michigan and Washington won two was the easiest thing you could possibly ask for. They both... Went through their seasons undefeated. They're all relatively healthy as far as uh, the marquee positions mm -hmm. uh, with McCarthy and Penix. They look the part. They've been up high for a long time. That was simple. Three, four, and then five and six is where things got really blurry, Paul. Uh, what was your take on it before the announcement and then when it came down to it? Because I'm pretty sure you you said exactly what was going to happen. Right. You, you asked me last night, and I had actually posted on, on Twitter – uh, my four before the uh, Big Ten championship game was played and uh, before the Florida State Louisville game was played. Uh, and if you made it through that four quarters uh, without falling asleep, <laughs> you're a big time fan because that that was a snooze fest uh, as well. But yeah, so I, I had the same four that the committee selected today. And I understand why Florida State fans, their coach, ripped the committee. I, I totally understand that. Uh, and if I, if I was a Florida State fan or a player or a coach, I would be furious. I'd be livid. But again, objectively, if the committee's job is to get the four best teams in now, not in November uh, or when Jordan Travis was healthy. And really, that's what this whole thing is about. It's all about his injury. And for people who don't follow Florida State, Jordan Travis was 20 touchdown passes, two interceptions this season. I mean, he's one of the best players in the country. This isn't like a game manager type quarterback here that we're talking about. He's an elite quarterback. And if you've watched them since, they're clearly not the same team. I think the Louisville game last night was just another example. I mean, that was 10-6 in the fourth quarter. I mean, if Florida State really wanted to make a statement, go out and beat Louisville by 30. It was 10-6 in the fourth quarter, and I think that goes back to the quarterback, which is kind of an important part. If you took Mahomes off the Chiefs, if you took Jalen Hurts off the Eagles, 
you know, does that change things? How did the Jets look without Aaron Rodgers at quarterback? I mean, they looked pretty good in week one when they beat the Bills. <laughs> I, you know, I got to throw that in there. Anytime the Bills lose, I like it. So, you know, I mean, uh, the, but no, the Jets are terrible without him. So that's what this whole thing is about. And I would challenge anyone who has a problem to objectively tell me that Florida State without Jordan Travis is better than Alabama. So if you had to put your house on the line, if you were wagering your home, and it's Alabama against Florida State with current quarterback situation, who is taking Florida State? I don't think anyone is. Yeah. Uh, unless they're trying to prove the Hail Mary point. You know, they're trying to make a point. I, but no, you're right. And I tweeted out that, well, I tweeted it out, and then I was like, I better ask Paul. And then you reminded me that you did tweeted out last night but i had the exact same my top four was michigan washington texas alabama as in the four teams that are playing the best and should have an opportunity to play for a national championship those are the four teams and texas has the head-to-head over uh, alabama. alabama right they couldn't take bama and not because uh, people would have flipped because texas only losses to number 12 oklahoma in the last second uh you know, that was Red River shootout was mm. fantastic again. That's their only loss. And they went to Tuscaloosa and won by 10. I know it was earlier in the year and Alabama's not the same team. Um, but that's what makes the playoff great is that both of them, hey, we could maybe see a rematch um, now that they picked those four teams. Those are the four teams that I thought were playing best at this moment. I, I said I thought they were still going to take Florida State over Bama. I still had Texas at three, but I thought Florida State was going to get the four seed because they were a undefeated Power Five conference champ. I thought that would still mean something because they have literally said that every single year we've done this, that conference championships matter, under being undefeated matter, uh, being from the Power Five matters. Your non-conference slate matters. Florida State, State beat two SEC teams on the way to their 13-0 season. Right. Although Florida is right. a seven-loss not, not, not saying they beat you know, Georgia yeah. and Alabama or right. anything the, like that. LSU is a good they win. They beat LSU, which, uh, who uh, may now have the Heisman Trophy winner, yeah. which feels kind of weird. Uh, that's a, I but, mean, but I, yeah, Florida has seven losses this year. And, and what hurts... The ACC, too, is when you think of that conference, we think of Clemson. Clemson Clemson had four losses this year. Clemson lost to Duke by three touchdowns. They're another team that And I'm not talking about basketball. (laughs) Um, You know, so the the ACC, uh, you can't compare, you know, you can't compare it to uh, the SEC. You you just can't. Um, Again, to me, it's all, if, if Travis was healthy, they're in. There's no doubt about right. it. I mean, and that's that's, that's yeah. the whole. And injuries are taken into account. Uh, I'll go back. I mean, this is this is over 20 years ago, almost 25 now, uh, from the NCAA basketball tournament. Remember when Kenyon Martin suffered a devastating leg injury? He was playing for Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Everyone that year thought he was the best player in the country. They were winning a national title. He got hurt, and they got a two seed, not a one seed, and that was solely because of his injury. And then what happened in the tournament, they lost in the second round. They lost to Tulsa, who was coached by Bill Self at the time. Oh, okay. Um, you know, who's now at, now at Kansas. Has a few, yeah. Yeah. A couple but, of rings for him. But so, 
for people who don't understand the injury factor, that's been going on for a long, long time. And that that's part of uh, the criteria. And, and that's what this is all about. It really is all about the injury to the quarterback. Again, I understand why Florida State fans are, are angry. Uh, you won every game. But if we're going to objectively ask ourselves, neutral field with this quarterback against Alabama, who wins the game? Like I said earlier, nobody is picking Florida State in that game. Yeah, I think if you objectively look at it with the players that they can run out there right now, I, I think the committee got it right in that regard. I think those are the, probably the four best teams. And honestly, it doesn't matter, but I would put Georgia in front of Florida State as it's assembled in terms of the best rosters, the best teams that can be thrown out there, like you said, on a neutral field yeah. for everything, just because the Jordan Travis injury is so devastating right. to Florida State. Georgia would would clearly be favored, and and it might be by double digits if they played Florida State. This is the one, one thing I'll say, though, about that. Florida State won its conference. Mm-hmm. Georgia did not. Correct. So it's not just one thing. Sometimes people want to look at just like one criteria. It's, it's a combination of things. So that's why I understand Florida State over Georgia. They did not win their conference. No, yeah. yeah. And, and in the end, it doesn't really matter because five and six don't get to play for a national championship. Mm. They, um, they're they actually playing each they, other. They are playing. Uh, and Georgia's a huge favorite. Huge favorite. Yeah. So, which kind of just proves my point that they could have easily been the five. Florida State could have dropped even farther. Mm. Um, but I, I won't say that they're lucky to be number five because in the end, that doesn't matter. Like, yeah, they were obviously going to a New Year's six bowl. That was going to happen. They're not going to drop them to, you know, some nobody bowl, like mm. the cheese it bowl or whatever. Just <laughs> just because like they were still going to get to play in, in a nice bowl. But obviously they want the weed eater bowl. Right. They wanted to be attempting to win a national championship. Um, uh, I know um, my co-host, uh, Justin, responded to because uh, I know you were posting stuff on Twitter and I know some people were responding to you and, and he was one of them. And I already kind of said this, but he said this to you. My bigger issue is that Bama is better. Um, isn't that Bama is better? They are. In, in his opinion, but rather that the committee openly changes its priorities regarding criteria whenever it changes. And they typically don't do a great job of explaining their reasoning. So, but, and then someone else said, cause I know a lot of, there's a lot of journalists that I saw, you know, up in arms about this process and I get it. Then there are some, like you talked about Kirk Herbstreet, uh, was it Reese Davis, Reese Davis right. um, also laying it out there why this is, it sucks for Florida state, but it's also okay. And, in the end, the college football playoff committee was there to put the best teams there. And because of the injury, they didn't feel that Florida State belonged in that group. It sucks because of the 13-0 and Power 5 Conference champ. But that's the way we're ending the CFP era. Right. And all this did was reinforce to me that we needed a larger playoff because I, I've been saying yeah. I've yeah. been saying 16 teams since the late 90s when the BCS crap was starting. Right. Because that was terrible. I hated the BCS. The two teams just wasn't enough. No. We finally got to four teams. It took, <laughs> what, 17 years or whatever it was. And here we are a decade later saying goodbye to the four-team CFP, probably at the right time after the way this went down. Um, I know some people are like, just keep it at eight. I honestly, I would love 16. I think that's the perfect number for football. I don't want any more than that. Cause even at 16, you're 
pushing into you know, possibly like some three loss teams or maybe a four loss team that won a conference championship, which that's a whole separate thing. Are those even necessary anymore? Um, but we are getting a 12 team playoff next year, which will be awesome. I am very much looking forward to that because this type of debate doesn't matter. Your debates now are teams that have three ish losses that can you really be that upset if they're not the 12 seed, you know, I, you know, I guess the 12 seed this year would have been 10 and two, uh, probably, but it's a lot easier. You know, the teams that have one loss or are undefeated, they're getting in. Right. Which, right. That's the yeah. way it should be. Imagine a world, Joe, where there actually was a college playoff. Right. Yeah. It's almost like the FCS and Division Two and Division yeah. Three. Man. Um, those, it'd be amazing. <laughs> they should do something like that and then report back to big boy college football and let them know if that works. Yeah. Congrats, by the way, to Kutztown yes, University, absolutely. Golden Bears. Final Four. Huh? Marching on. Yeah. That's, inc- that's incredible. Talk about, and I saw, I saw this out there to the, from a couple accounts saying, uh, you know, you thought uh, people were talking about how some of the stuff in the PIAA, you know, the state f- state playoffs, probably not just football, probably all of them, the PIAA could do a better job at some of these things. And then the NCAA comes in and, you know, hold my beer. <laughs> let me show you how to mess things up. Because not just the CFP stuff, but you have with Kutztown, some like you have to bid to host the right. game. Like it doesn't just go to the, it was some wacky thing between Slippery Rock and Kutztown. The administration at Kutztown didn't submit to host. Uh, it was something Correct. weird. In yeah. the end, it doesn't matter, though, because Kutztown still won. won. Yeah. So uh, happy for them. I, I didn't get to Kutztown at all this year, but I've been up a few times to watch former uh, Wilson players up there, uh, which is always a great. Uh, and it's cool. Under Reed Stadium is a cool place to watch uh, college football. So Yeah, it was uh, just there for why I'm Oh, yeah, that's where the Northwestern Northwest Wild Wild game was. Yep. So. Yeah, I, I don't know. Paul, what's your final thoughts then on the, the CFP? Or, or how about give us predictions? Who you think wins uh, the 1 4 saw, 2 3 matchups? I saw Michigan is like a two point favorite against Alabama. Uh, to That's be honest, Rose Bowl? Um, I'm not sure which, which are which. I think I mean, it is. Yeah, I just viewed them as semifinals. Um, and then Texas, I think, is minus four, four and a half. Um, against Washington. By the way, I did hear Reese Davis say that if Pinnix Jr. was hurt, that he thought Washington would not get in either. So just kind of make the case that this wasn't an anti-Florida State no, issue. I, I, that it was. It's really just about the the quarterback. I actually lean to Alabama. Uh, I know Michigan's undefeated. Their defense is is really really good. Um, but I, I would lean a little bit to uh, Alabama and Texas. Well, I don't have, honestly, that, I don't have a, a play. You know, sometimes your best play is no play. I, okay. I don't have a strong feeling. We'll see how the line moves there. I, I don't really have a, a strong feeling on that. Game. I know a lot of people were very surprised with the way Washington, Oregon went down. Oregon at one point, I think was a nine and a half point, maybe even 10 and a half at some, depending on where you were looking. Yeah. But they were a pretty big favor. So Washington to win that outright by, what was it? Three, Mm -hmm. they went 34, 31 or something. And I think if, I think if Washington lost, I don't know that at the PAC 12 gets, gets anybody. You don't think Oregon sneaks in there? I mean, they, they still had a loss. Do you think so? Here we go. This would be interesting. If Oregon beats Washington, you think that knocks them both out, which frees up 
Texas at two, Bam at three. Just but do they put Georgia in at four then? And we I th- have the I same if, thing. I think if that's the case, they may have given it to Florida State. You think it might have gone to Florida State then? Maybe. Um, I just, like, I, I just you- don't think or like Alabama beating Georgia. That is a huge win. I mean, you know, you're talking about beating a team on a 29 game winning streak back to back. Bingo. Camps. That's you know, like loaded with NFL players. Um, I, I, yeah, I would have been. I think Florida State, though, to me, would have had a better chance if Oregon. If Oregon beat Washington. Yeah. Because uh, then wa- Washington for sure is not getting in. Right, yeah. If Washington um, loses to Oregon, they're not in. Then the question then becomes Oregon. But is an Oregon win over Washington as impressive as Alabama beating Georgia? Well, no. That was another question I know that came up to you about the strength of the Pac-12. And I thought I was hearing that this was like a great year for the yeah, Pac-12. A lot though, of people thought that, uh, yeah. Because I thought Oregon State, I mean, they were good. They weren't. Like at home, but they yeah, were very at, good. Especially at home, they're tough. Um, I know it was a down year for USC, but they were still uh, offense. They defensively yeah. challenged, but offensively elected. Yeah, it was uh, incredible. I, Utah was still very good. Maybe not as good as people thought they would it's, be, but yeah. still a very good team. Pac-12 compared to the ACC, no question. Pac-12 mm-hmm. is better. Well, I mean, uh, just yeah. think back in September, Colorado was winning national championships in September, so... <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, when are they playing? Yeah, they're not. Uh, they're not in. They didn't get in the semifinals. No, man, that is that is why. Are they in a? Are they in a New Year's Day bowl? Uh, they're in the toilet bowl right now. The way they're hemorrhaging coaches and uh, losing commitments, and we should mention real quick, by the way, Penn State is going to play Ole Miss. Yeah, that's how I want to December thirtieth at noon. Wanted to wrap up the college talk by talking about the Nittany Lions. First time ever Penn State's playing in the Peach Bowl, and I saw that this they could be the first team to win every New Year's Six Bowl if they win the Peach Bowl. So kind of interesting, you know, does it mean anything? No, not really, but it would be cool. I look forward to that graphic, should they win? First team to win all six bowls, because you always got to be recruiting and promoting the brand. And and Big Ten SEC, you know, and we're going to see that with Missouri and uh, Ohio State. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting how you got conference matchups there. Um, I watched Ole Miss a couple times this year. Offensively, they it, it's it a Lane good, Kiffin team. Yeah, it's a good. It'll be a, f- a good matchup because uh, they really go up and down the field. And Penn State, we know, has you know, and not a good and elite defense. Yeah, I, mean, I think they were national two championship type yeah. type defense. Yeah, um, Manny Diaz's crew has been fantastic both years he's been there. I'd hate to see him go. We'll see what happens with with him but it is interesting i like the ohio state missouri and penn state ole miss matchups because it helps talk a little bit more about the strength of those two conferences you know the two biggest and best in terms of money and tv deals uh, i would like to see the the play on the field emulate that uh, and mimic those expectations and of course I, I i hate to root for ohio state but i want the big 10 to look good so i want them to beat missouri and obviously i want penn state to beat ole miss but i saw people talking today about how they're shocked that penn state was one of those teams that that they felt oklahoma got snubbed uh, um you know I, I real quick on ohio state when they when they revealed the matchups and put the graphics up did you know Ohio State is two and twelve yeah, against the SEC that. in bowl games? Two and twelve, yeah. That is wild. Not um, a great look. No, 
No, no, it's not. Now, some motivation plays a big factor in bowls. Okay, so let's look at at Florida State now. I mean, those kids they are, are going devastated. They're going to be amped. I think, but I don't know. I I I could you see it be gonna, the other way. You think like, they're going to? Like we were supposed to be playing for a national title, and now we have. You this. don't think they want to pull like the uh, like the Boise State, uh, you know, us against the world See, type but mentality? They're, but Boise State's like they're, they're not all, a power. They were happy to be yeah, there. And, they were and, more in the mid major role of like trying to slay Goliath. Florida State's not. You don't see like, Florida State pulling that against Georgia, and then someone proposing to their girlfriend on the sideline. But at, <laughs> but at the same time, for Georgia. Like, I don't know that they're motivated well, that, either because they used to be playing for titles. Well, you know? so I look at these New Year's Six games, especially now. We've heard, I mean, we heard it from Penn State players last year. The Rose Bowl was still a draw. It's if we don't make the college football playoff, if I'm picked for the Rose Bowl, I'm still playing, which everyone did except Joey Porter Jr. and Parker Washington, though he was injured at the time anyway, so it didn't matter. But everyone else that was even if they were going to the NFL, they still played in the game. The Rose Bowl is now a part of the CFP this year in that rotation, so there's no draw for that. You were going to be playing no matter what because it's a college football playoff game. Are we going to see a ton more sit out because of it? And then how does that impact the plans for New Year's Six? I'll be interested to hear over the you know in the next week. I'm guessing you're going to hear about guys. Yeah, I think a lot away. of that depends on where you're projected to go in the draft. You know, if, if you're, if this is it, you know, if you're not a pro and you're not going to be drafted, you play, well, if you, I mean, you know, if you think you're going to get drafted for Georgia, they said know. they couldn't see Brock Bowers playing in the game. Yeah, plus he's been hurt, you know, he's I mean, been hurt this year. Yeah. So, all right. So I'm just, I just have the lines now. Okay. We'll play a game, Joe called guess the line. Oh boy. So I am not going to be good at this. Well, you never know. <laughs> uh, so we have Penn state Ole Miss. All right. Who do you think's favored and by how much? Oh boy. I don't think it's going to be by a lot. I would say probably two and a half to three and a half. My question is, which team is it going to? I, well, I would you like know that. I, I would be. I would hope it's Penn State, especially because they are ranked higher. But I know that doesn't necessarily mean anything in that way. So I'll say, I'll say Penn State two minus two and a half. V- you're close. That okay. was good. It's Penn State three and a half. Three and a half. Yeah. Okay. All um, right. That's not too bad. No. Um. Ohio State, Missouri. Oh, boy. Now, you know who's favored here. Uh, yeah, Ohio State's right. favored. So now you're, the question is how much? Yeah, how much is that going to be? So Ohio State is, what are they, seven? Missouri's not, they're not that far away. No. AP. Should I play the Jeopardy music? Uh, I, yeah, no, I'm just. I'll say four and a half. Close, six and a half. Okay, Ohio that's a little State. higher than I thought. And then here, here's just one more to kind of prove a point we've been discussing: Georgia, Florida State. What yeah, do you think? So the line Georgia is? is definitely favored, and I'm gonna say eight and a half. We're now this mm. one. You're it's thirteen and a half. Thirteen, and which a half. goes to my point oh. about. This oh this goes wow. to my point about best. I was thinking team. of saying nine and a half, and I was like, no, that's pretty high. Yeah. Oh, 13, 13 and a half. And a half? Whoa, man. Yeah. So if if people out there don't understand, you know, how important 
Jordan Travis is to that team, you know. And uh, if you watched Eagles Niners today and you saw what the line was there when people were aghast that the Eagles wouldn't be favorite at home, how did that <laughs> turn out? So yeah, not great. Yeah, not great. Oh, uh, Coach Steve is watching us. Uh, Coach O'Neill. Oh yeah. Uh, he's saying go go Packers. He's a huge Broncos fan. So uh, anytime he <laughs> can watch the Chiefs lose is a is a good night for him. Uh, and, money, uh, by the way, is coming in on Michigan here. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so, so it's down one to one and a half. One and a half. Yeah, Michigan's fair by one and a half. Texas, this hasn't changed yet. It is four and a half. Texas's favor. What's interesting there? The total in that game is sixty four. Ooh, <laughs> it's going to be an arena game. Right there. But, that, um, you know, that, I'm sure that's what everyone wants. I mean, as much as we talk about loving, hard-hitting, smash-mouth defense, the offense putting points on the board is what everyone wants to see yeah. for television ratings and for enjoyment at parties and whatnot. So, um, all right, that's interesting. It, it sucks that Florida State was left out, but I understand why it happened. Right. I feel like that's where I'm at. Do do I hear the people complaining about it? Yes. Do I also hear people saying, well, Bama was – is most likely the better team. I understand that too. I, I like to, in, in my, my my wise old age, as I've gotten to this now and try to be more level-headed with my fandom, I try to look at it. If Penn State was either of those teams, how would I feel? You know, If Penn State was 13-0 and and undefeated, <laughs> I would be livid right now. And I'm not a. I don't like the Seminoles in any capacity. They've never were one of my favorites. Probably my one of my favorite Penn State memories watching Penn State beat them in three overtimes at the Orange oh, Bowl, yeah. uh, which I just talked about with my wife this afternoon. Um, but I look at it. That sucks. Like if Penn State was thirteen and zero and left out because their quarterback was injured. Right. I, I would be going nuclear right now. You know, <laughs> like that would be. I mean, I was pissed off a bit. Seven, I can't believe seven years ago when Penn State was Big Ten champ and beat Ohio State head to head, but was left out of the playoffs. Right. But at that, Penn State had two previous losses. They mm-hmm. looked poor at the beginning. They kind of are sort of like Bama this year in that they hit a stride as the season went on and just kept getting better. Upset Ohio State, then came back and won the uh, the Big Ten, and we thought there was a possibility they could sneak into the playoff. Didn't happen, and mm. then they had that electric, crazy showing uh, against Darnold and USC, where Saquon looked like a freaking machine. Mm. Uh, ended up losing that Rose Bowl, unfortunately. But I, I think back to that and how much it sucked to get left out then, when you know you're watching a team that you just beat, right, go to the playoff uh, over you. But yeah, um, the big difference, obviously, this year is that Florida State is undefeated. Right? Yeah. That, oh, yeah. Uh, absolutely. That's what I mean. Like, yeah. You go undefeated and beat that team, win the conference, and you don't make it. It just it just sucks. Yeah. But same thing, like, Alabama has gotten so much better as the year went on. They they looked poor early in the year. They got so much better. They I can't say they always won in convincing fashion, but they always won. You know, I know people point to the Auburn game needing a laugh. Yeah, last how wild was sneak, that? Yeah. Like, just think of how crazy different things would be if they would have lost to Auburn. They wouldn't have even been in the conversation. No. It doesn't, I don't even think it would have mattered if they beat Georgia. Would they no, still be playing that, in that, that game? Then you, then you have another if loss. If they lost to Auburn, would they still be playing in that game? I'm not I'm trying sure. to think the way the divisions work, if they yeah. would have still... I, but if they would have beaten Georgia after losing to Auburn, I, I don't think Bama makes it. I think no. Florida State's probably that team yeah. in there. Yeah, because now, now you're talking two losses. 
Right. For Alabama. Yeah. And Auburn is not <laughs> good. So <laughs> no, no, yeah. they they have not been. They have yeah. not. Been. I mean, they lost lost by a lot to New Mexico State, who's not a bad team. They had a good year this yeah. year as well. I think they were what ten and three. Yeah, they win their conference. But you think SEC teams losing yeah, to New Mexico lose by twenty <laughs> points or whatever. To New not Mexico a good State. look. No, it's very very weird. Just think, they almost they basically ran Bo Nix out of there too. And look what he was able to uh, do yeah. at Oregon the last two years. Yeah, you yeah, because he was the quarterback when Penn State beat him in twenty. 21 yeah. 20 no 2020 and 2021 no 21 and 22 he got a lot of heat down there yeah that's and what i mean yeah. and look, now look what he turned into now it's heisman candidate right yeah so all right well that's it for college football talk let's move on to the nfl you know i said it to you paul before we started here well it hasn't really been a great week of matchups uh some games have gone down to the wire i can't say it was great football a lot of sloppiness uh, a lot of Terrible quarterback play, not not great for some of these teams. A lot of like botched snaps, things like that happening as I was watching. Block punts. Um, that was the Colts Titans yeah. game was a bonkers. Two of them, yeah. two block punts gave ten points to the Colts, who ended up winning in overtime. But I mean, the punter got injured on the one. Yeah. Uh, legal play, it wasn't yeah. dirty or anything because the guy literally almost took the ball out of from yeah. his foot. Uh, but then like inverted his knee it looked yeah. really hyper extended it for sure and he would did not return but colts won that one in overtime um you you mentioned the thursday night game was probably the best matchup best game uh between the cowboys and seahawks that went dallas's way much to the chagrin of probably most of the people yeah. listening to this show um i was happy uh, with my my fantasy quarterback dak prescott <laughs> Couldn't get one more yard though, Dak. Two ninety nine. Oh, that's a no that's a bonus rough, for you. No bonus. I said that's a four point swing, and I'm in a battle right now with my uncle uh, to uh, to win this week. I'm I'm currently up to seven and a half, but those four points would have been great because he's still got Evan Ingram to go. Okay, um, could be a bad. But beat I, coming I got your way. I got Calvin Ridley and the Jags defense tomorrow night. Oh, so they should be. In good I, shape. I think I'm okay, yeah. but I left Puka Nakua on the bench. I left. He yeah, got hurt today. Yeah, he did yeah. his ribs, but he yeah. had he had put up over a hundred yards on a touchdown. Yeah. You know, and Joe doesn't care that he's injured. As no, I, I hope as he's a, back for as next long week. as he got I my fantasy team points. But, you know, it's like I don't want to see anyone injured, but if you're gonna get yeah. injured, do it after you put up a hundred yards and a touchdown. Like that's much better. because <laughs> um, who we saw someone else get injured early and I was like, Oh, that's a huge bummer for anyone that had him in fantasy. You get hurt early in the game. Yeah. Um the guy's legs in two pieces. Yeah. But did you see oh. that guy on the sideline yes. in the Saints game? Yeah. The uh, one of the official. Yeah. I don't know if he was a yard guy or what, but his leg did oh. not look great. No, it was no. I disgusting. mean, I think people don't really understand how freakish these athletes are. Oh, it's absurd. because so when you're watching TV, they all look kind of the same because they're yeah. all that big. Right, right. But if you or I stood next to no, them, oh my gosh, like. I mean, I played in some charity basketball games against the Eagles a couple years, and we're Wayne Johnson. I mean, it was yeah, and but the way they move, like their feet and stuff, at well over three hundred pounds, it is it's scary how those guys move like that, Um, you know. And and he he wasn't the only one, but when you see him on TV, it's just like giant against giant. You know, so they right. the context isn't there. Same for with you. the NBA, right? Like if a six eight guy is guarding a six nine guy, it doesn't stand out on TV because they're similar. But if you know, if they're standing against you know a five nine 
person, yeah. then you really well, notice. It's like but. I always think about that picture of, what, is it Derrick Henry standing with Mark Ingram? At the, oh, the yeah. Toss. yeah. Like Mark Ingram is a huge guy. By, by you know your average standards, Mark Ingram is bi- a big dude. Strong, yeah. And Derrick Henry just towers yeah. over him. But I know my force perspective is a little bit at work there, but it's still insane. Yeah, and my point is for those people on the sideline, like you don't get how quickly they're right well, on top of you. Think about the size and speed that's coming at you, the force that is about to be exerted on you, and sometimes you just can't get out of the way mm. fast enough. And unfortunately, that's what happened for some sideline official because he think he had like the black and white on, but also a yellow something yellow on so i think he was part of like the lines crew or something like that uh, and his leg got beat up pretty yeah. good i felt really bad for him right away and uh, alvin kamara who hit him kind of was like i want to help you but i can't stop like and there was a me there was an ems person like standing right there with him so he immediately got on his yeah thing. you could sometimes you, you can yeah it was not great but yeah you know you and i have covered plenty of high school stuff uh you've covered more basketball than me but that's usually where i'm like these kids are huge <laughs> and then i'm thinking like as you move up in levels you know you go to college then you go to pros they just keep getting yeah bigger. i mean you know and even like why i'm missing for example is a triple a school and we're seeing 300 pound kids yeah. You know, I mean, it is know. nutty. I mean, Coach O'Neill's listening, and I just would like to know uh, where he's finding the the Jevin Williams and the Caleb yeah, Brewer. What's in the water? Over what's there? in the water, and why I'm missing right now? Because man, that was uh, some beef to, to watch the last few years. Yeah, uh, just uh, insanity to see uh, see the uh, the talent that they had over there, starting with the the line. But even on uh, Instagram and Twitter now, I started a segment this year called Look Out. Yeah. SV Sports Ball <laughs> right. to show people like how close because you want to get the shot right like that's priority number one but sometimes they're on top of you really yep. quick and that's at the high school level now multiply that by 10 20 yeah. times when you have these guys who are 250 pounds that are still running four, four and four, five. Like you see a DK Metcalf Mm -hmm. or an AJ Brown. These, these guys are huge and can run like that. And if you're on the sideline, you know, you take it from them. It's going to do some damage. They get, they, so hopefully that, that guy's already, I'm actually surprised it doesn't happen more often. Yeah. Well, you see, I feel like you see it more often with, media in like the end zones like when they're going yeah. on fade or something like that i i don't recall it happening too often on the sidelines because a lot of those are team personnel their their coaches their players are paying or attention. security or security like Dom. getting in the way anything yeah. happening with him today and no i don't think so <laughs> um but i never really worried about my health i mean maybe i should more so being very close to the action what i'm more concerned about is my camera because <laughs> that getting damaged would not be good for for me for picture purposes yeah and or making money These cameras but, aren't cheap um no they are not um but i didn't feel any real fear being out there until my 10 year old daughter was on the sideline as uh. a volunteer uh, student in training athletic trainer with, with Kiernan and the gang. And at that point I was hyper aware yeah. of where she was at all times. Uh, Cause I was like, Oh my gosh, these are, you know, people that are almost double her age that if they, they run into her, she's going to go flying. Um, thankfully that didn't happen. Good. Uh, she'll be making an appearance at a couple basketball games this winter in the same capacity. So I'll have to see if my, uh, my stress and anxiety level yeah. goes through the roof like it did during Friday night football. But 
Usually so, you don't see people flying into the bleachers. Not as bad yeah. in basketball. Should be yeah. okay. Yeah, I think she'll be. I think she'll be all Just right. Don't go to a Pistons game. <laughs> Yeah. We don't need anyone going into the stands. Yeah, Pistons, Pacers, I would avoid. <laughs> so, uh, Packers right now are up 14-6, to six, Paul. They also have the ball as we're approaching halftime. The uh, biggest game on the NFL Sunday slate was 49ers at Eagles. Oh, yeah. It was a rematch of last year's NFC Championship game. There had been so much talk by the teams, mostly the 49ers, that if the le- the playing field was level, as in, Purdy could play the whole game last year. They felt that it would have been a better game or that they were the better team. And they've said that a lot all off season and this season leading up to this game. And you know, Philadelphia fans are level headed and they took that in stride. (laughs) Didn't have any issues with any of that. But this game was built up as you know the game of the year. It they didn't, weren't upset either that no. Vegas made them a home, a home underdog. underdog. Yeah. But it's almost like Vegas knows what they're talking about because uh, the Eagles, outside of maybe the first quarter, didn't look great. It started it went downhill for them as soon as they couldn't get in the end zone. When they started settling for field goals, that's where it went. It went downhill. And I saw someone say basically the 49ers spotted them a quarter and still were able to do what they did with them in the the next three quarters. Negative six yards for San Francisco in the first quarter. So, yeah. And and what was the the final score? 42-19. Okay. (sighs) And everyone that the Eagles fans didn't want to see do well did well. Brock Purdy had a great game. Devo Samuel scoring touchdowns. He was one of the guys definitely running his mouth over the last mm-hmm. uh, you know nine ten months, all about uh, that the 49ers were better, and we'll see what happens. Now it's not a, obviously not a death blow because Philadelphia is ten and two, still is a right. game lead. They're still in the middle of that gauntlet schedule. Uh, they got to go to Dallas next week, mm-hmm. who I believe Dallas is favored by yeah, a field goal. A field goal. Yeah. Uh, it's at home, so that's yeah. not surprising. Dallas has won a bunch of games in a row yeah. in, in Dallas, and Dak looks pretty good. And I know Eagles fans like to sell Dak and the Cowboys short, but I don't think that's the right thing to do at this moment after San Francisco just came in and did that uh, to you at home. Obviously, there's a Jalen Hurts injury. I don't know how bad that is. Yeah, he came back out, I'm and, and I'm not sure why. I actually heard... Sirianni's post-game comments because he was asked at first he said it was a two-score game and then the reporter actually corrected him and said no it's not it was not a two-score game and then Sirianni quickly fired back you know something the effect of we play to win Uh, but I know a lot of people were questioning why is the franchise quarterback in in the game at that at that when point. he's already been dinged up, it's, yeah, yeah, I just I I like the the grit and the determination and always feeling like you're in it and have something to play for. But at some point, you gotta just move on to the next one. This one didn't right. go your way. Yeah, who cares? Like yeah. it's just one regular season game. You have plenty of time. And Justin and I talk about this all all the time in any sport. If you're playing a team, you know, your conference, division, whatever. The one in the regular season doesn't necessarily mean much if you get the best of them later. You know, exactly. Talk, for the longest time, Justin and I were talking about w- w- in regards to Wilson football when Wilson was winning all those league games in a row. Mm-hmm. And we knew Township was going to be a problem. And we're driving down to Mannheim. We're like, if you could beat them once the season, which would you pick? Would you pick the regular season to continue the streak, but then you lose in the playoffs and your season's over? Or would you rather end the streak, which in the end is meaningless stat. Like it's cool. Yeah. But who cares? You want to keep playing football. And we said without hesitation, you want to win the playoff game. Right. I'm not going to keep something meaningless going and then give up my season. Yeah. This, this was the perfect storm for the Niners to win. Okay. 
three factors. The revenge, which we pointed out from last year's playoff game. Two, to prove. the extra rest. They hadn't played since Thanksgiving. And three, and extra rest and extra time to prepare. And Kyle Shanahan is a very good coach. Um, and three, the Eagles' schedule. They had just gone to Kansas City and then had an overtime game against Buffalo. Th- those are all-in type of games. And that is precisely why the sports books made the Niners the favorite. It wasn't that they hate the Eagles or like, you know, this there's this conspiracy yeah. against Philadelphia. Trust me, no one's out to get Philadelphia. I've been told now many times on the internet that they're America's team now. <laughs> so, you know, the, the it, it was those three factors. I mean, that 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 was the whole rationale and since the game ended, I haven't heard anything about how disrespectful that line was uh, making the, the Niners the favorite in the game. And having said that, as bad as it looked today and the tackling today was putrid, uh, the 49ers, they, they scored every time they were in the red zone. They were 4-4 four four in the red zone, 456 yards uh, in the game. And... You mentioned some of the key players. Purdy throws for 314, four touchdowns, no interceptions. He was only sacked twice. McCaffrey, 93 yards and a score. Uh, He also had three catches. Debo, 116 yards, two scores on four catches. Kittle, four catches for 68. Uh, Ayuk had five catches for 46. That team has a ton of... Uh, of weapons and their defense is loaded. I mean, their linebackers now Greenlaw, that's a different topic, but he, he got ejected. Yeah. But I mean, you have him and, and Warner, they add, they add chase young. They already had Bosa. I mean, it's, it's a really good defense as bad as it looked today. And I know Eagles fans are angry. It's one game in early December. You, you still have the edge for home field advantage. It's only the second loss. Everything aligned perfectly for the Niners. And the professional betters that I know were all over. This was like a game of the year situational spot for these guys. They were all on the 49ers, which is why it it actually opened at one. And then it ended up getting up to three which is a big jump in the NFL because three is such a key number. But having said that, the Eagles are still one of the best teams in the NFL. So this this is not the end of the world. The sky isn't falling. The apocalypse is not here. You know, they're still a really good team. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see these two again in the uh, NFC Championship game. Do you think, because you know you're going to hear it at some point, either you're going to see it on, on Twitter or you're going to hear it on talk radio, is the Cowboys game now a must-win this week? Oh, God. Uh, no, it is <laughs> not a must. It Definitely, it's a big game. Uh, it's not It's not a must-win. And I wouldn't be shocked at all if the Eagles go down there and win. No, yeah. I don't. I wouldn't either. You know, but- in, in a big spot, who would you rather have at quarterback, Hertz or Dak? And Dak's playing real well. The Cowboys also have a tendency to 
beat up on bad football teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and how about the way Seattle moved the football against that Dallas defense? Yeah. I mean, the Cowboys defense did not. And, and Seattle's offense is not a juggernaut. And it, it really is. Look at them the week before and then look at them against Dallas. Um, so that's a bit of a red flag for, I mean, Dallas is still really good. The question for the Eagles, and we've seen Howie Roseman try to make moves during the year. He knows there are holes in their defense. Their linebackers aren't strong. And the secondary has major question marks. Safety. Yeah. And look at, and San Fran, look at the weapons they have at receiver. And Dallas has, you know, CD lamb. Yeah, I mean, so um, that's, I still don't, people may want to put the lines in that same category. I'm I'm not willing to go there. No. Goff, I, you know. I think 49 I know. Eagles, Cowboys are right. a step above. I'd I put, you know, I'd say Philly and, and San Francisco are 1A, Dallas is 1B, Detroit's 2. Yeah, I feel like yeah. there's a, a little bit of a drop off there. As much as I would love to see Detroit make some noise, it just, they didn't look great. On Thanksgiving against Green Bay, that was kind of pitiful. We've already seen them lose to Seattle this year. They got destroyed by Baltimore. Mm-hmm. They looked crappy outside of the first quarter against the Saints today. Like they're lucky they got spotted twenty-one points. Yeah. So, I, as much as I want to see Detroit make it happen, I do hope they win a, at least a playoff game to give them something to build on for next year. Uh, I'm afraid that it's just not quite there. I, I feel like too much over the last few weeks we've seen the bad golf come out. And if he's turning the ball over, it's going to be tough for right. them to win. I think, yeah, if you're doing power rankings, you go Niners, Eagles, Cowboys, Lions. Yep. And I don't, I mean, Cowboys fans may say that they sh- they should be number two. But I, again, objectively. Well, they can prove it this week. Yeah. I you mean, you win this week. I don't know that you right, have yeah, much they, of an then argument. You flip-flop. Right. At the, t- you know, way, the way they're playing currently, I would put Dallas at two if they beat the Eagles this yeah. coming week. Uh, but the, this is not the end of the season for the no. The Niners well, are a really, really good team. I mean, they they have a good chance to not just get to the Super Bowl but win it. Um, so as bad as it looked, the NFL. I say this all the time: it is a week to week league. Teams that look, the worst thing you can do is watch a team the week before and assume that's the same team you're going to get. Yeah, that's not how the NFL works. So the Eagles, like we've said multiple times, they still control their own destiny. They yeah. win out. They go 15-2. and two, You're the one seed. Now they've got two tough games you know, to finish this like seven-game stretch of really good teams that they're playing, which they've beaten all but one now. You know, um, Since their loss to the Jets, they rattled off, what, Six wins in a row, or something. Five wins in a row, six out of seven. Still whatever. Shocking it is. to me, they lost to the Jets. Yeah, God, to Zach Wilson, and that was all. And you know, we praise Hurts. That was all Hurts. I mean, the turnovers, turnovers and the yeah. yeah, he just you just can't. That's the first stat I look at anytime I'm looking at a box score, and he just just gave the ball away. Well, and that's uh, Josh Allen's problem in Buffalo. Yeah. So yeah. the Eagles go, we talked about, they go to Dallas this week, Dallas coming off a larger break since they played on mm-hmm. Thursday. So they get a well-rested, well-prepared Dallas, as much as a Dallas team can be prepared when Mike McCarthy is the head coach. Cause I know there's some people <laughs> that really don't like Mike McCarthy and in a revenge spot. Cause uh, they lost the last time. Right. Yeah. So we'll see what comes of that. Then they got Seattle who Philadelphia is, 
to me, easily the better team there. I agree. But Seattle is an up-and-down team. They can be super tough. They can have a great defense. Like you said, week to week, they can have a great defense one week. Geno Smith can look like comeback player of the year, you know, top 10 quarterback, and then another week you'll see, although I understand why he's on his third team yeah. and been a career backup, you know. So we'll see what Seattle team you get. After that, though, they've got winnable games left against, what was it, Arizona and two against the Giants or something like mm. that. Their last three games are... Gimme can be gimme wins yeah. if you don't screw it up. Yeah, th- I mean this is this you know U.S. is it must win. I don't think it's must win, but it's definitely the most important game. The the one coming up here um, with Dallas. So after after Dallas, they got Seattle, Seattle on the road, then the home Giants, Giants yep. home Arizona yep. at Giants. Right. So those last three games should be wins. There's like yeah. no. How about by the way what Arizona did to the Steelers? Now, now everyone knows this. The Steelers are a fraud, right? Yeah. You no, know, I mean, I, you know, no you're, you're outgained in, in like every game. I mean, their offense, their offense is just. I'm happy uh, for Mike Tomlin. That he's you know going to continue that streak. I'm sure he's going to get to n- at least nine. Win- I mean, he's sitting at seven and five. I would hope you'd be able to get to nine wins. But I don't think anyone thinks that they were going to make noise in the playoffs. But to lose by two touchdowns to Arizona, that's that was bad. I mean, <laughs> Jonathan Gannon special, <laughs> Kyler Murray running around doing his crazy uh, stuff. That's an interesting situation. We'll see what happens with Murray and the, yeah. you know, the Cardinals after this year. But San Francisco, on the other hand, has Seattle this week. Then they have Arizona before hosting Baltimore. That's mm. a huge game in in week Where, 16 uh, on Christmas night. Wow. That's in San Francisco. Baltimore Whew. at San Francisco. There's, there's going to be a, a lot of unhappy family members that don't appreciate <laughs> – that the football fans in the household aren't focusing on the kids or the relatives or the aunt and uncle that traveled five hours to be there because they're what that is a monster game, a uh, huge huge game for two of the better teams in the NFL, uh, interconference game so could be a little bit bigger if it was if it was AFC AFC or NFC NFC but still a huge game on Christmas night and then San Francisco finishes with Washington and the Rams the last two weeks. So I would say Rams have been better than I thought they would be. Yes, I completely agree. They're not as good as the Niners. I feel like the last five weeks, though, is a strength of schedule push for both the Eagles and the 49ers. And honestly, I might favor the Eagles just because they get the Giants twice. Whereas the but they uh, have to go to Dallas. They have to go to and Dallas. San Fran gets Baltimore at home. Right. That's but they yeah. both get Seattle. So that's yeah. Uh, that's that's a push. There. But but the Niners they both will be, get the Cardinals. Too. Niners will be favored in every game. Yeah, and the Eagles will, will be not. in everyone yeah. except Dallas. Right. So, um, so we'll see. But the, the Eagles know what they can. And then they the tiebreaker would be Had, Niners because they beat them today. Is head-to-head the first tiebreaker, th- or is th- it go-by-conference? Mm, good question. I thought it was head-to-head. I thought it was, too, but then I, I thought maybe that has something to do with division. Like, I yeah, the NFL tiebreaking procedures, I always feel like they head-to-head, sh- to me, should always yeah. be the first tiebreaker. If people are tied, which of those teams won? You know, that feels like the natural tiebreaker. But at some point, I don't know if it's when you're talking conference uh rankings or or seating or if you're talking division at some point head to head is not the first criteria 
uh, in the NFL. Because I feel like that came up in the last few years when Justin and I were talking about playoff seeding. And may- or maybe if it's just a three-way tie, the head-to-head gets thrown out because that you have the round robin situation, you know, how do you figure? I, I forget exactly how that works, but I feel like, okay, here we go. Two clubs. Number one is head to head. Okay. Okay. This is to, uh, this is to break a tie within division, within division. Right. Two clubs. I think this is just, yeah, I think this is two clubs, n- not in the division. It says head to head if applicable. Okay, so is number one. Okay, yeah, and then two is uh, best winning percentage in games played within the conference. Conference, yeah. Okay, yeah. so it's head to head and then conference. All right, yep. All, All right. right, so, but is the sky falling? No. Are there things to work on? Yeah, but we've been saying this. Justin and I had this conversation last week. This Eagles team is not as crisp as the one last year. The last one still had their issues, but I feel like they've been more pronounced this year. There was some roster turnover. There was obviously assistant coaching turnover. We've seen them be playing from behind and usually pulling it out uh, over this stretch of tough games. Yeah, they're they've winning. Been, they've tough been down games. a halftime five, five games in a, yeah. in a row, which is cr- and until today they had won all of them. Yeah, so you know it's glass half full, glass half empty. You don't know what you're going to get. I don't think this Eagles team is as good as they were last year, but I don't know that across the board, the NFL has these great teams. No, no one steps up. Everyone's, I mean, for a while it looked like the 49ers were great. Then they had a three game losing streak. Now they come in and beat up on the Eagles over in the AFC. Who's stepping up over there. We thought it was the Ravens. We think right now, maybe it's the Ravens chiefs are still hanging around, but obviously are not the team they've been over the last four years or so. Yeah. And what's, what's funny about that situation is the defense is actually pretty good this year. Right. Usually you it's view the, uh, yeah. the defense as the weakness. Now the, the offense has been the problem. We, we don't know what to expect. I feel like week to week at Jacksonville, because I feel like Trevor Lawrence is almost similar to Geno Smith. It's very back and forth. You don't know what you're going to get. They played the Chiefs hard last year in the divisional round. They shouldn't have probably even got out of the wild card round against right. the Chargers. Yeah. <laughs> um, Chargers gonna charge. And then you know, last thing I'll say is I don't know what to expect from my Dolphins because they haven't. Well, they still haven't beaten a team with a winning record. Now that Denver lost today and is back, I think at five hundred. So, you know, they are kind of like I know people were joking about Dallas Miami on Christmas Eve is the two great teams that can only beat bad teams yeah. playing each other. <laughs> um, so Miami's got a couple weeks until they play Dallas. They, they have a tough last three, last three games. They have Dallas, Baltimore or Dallas. Yeah. Dallas, Baltimore, Buffalo. Mm. So I said, where's the Buffalo game at? It's in Miami though. Okay. Cause they already they yeah. lost Big at difference. Buffalo. Yeah. So they host right. Dallas, go to Baltimore, host Buffalo, the weeks 16, 17, 18. So they still have, so where where are we at now? We're twelve games in, right? And they're nine and three. That has so they have what three three more games, two more games before that three game stretch. Yeah, they got to win these next two because they were winnable games. One's against the Jets. You got to beat the you got to beat the Jets. I'm just you mentioned Dolphins Cowboys. That's I'm Christmas I'm thinking Eve. what the total is going to be in that game. Like I can see that as being like thirty five thirty one. Yeah, I, I mean, I can just see you, track. You're, you're setting a line like 64 and a half. Is that what you're saying? You're... No, it's not a big 12. <laughs> okay. Uh, 52 and a yeah. half. I think, I think it, yeah. I mean, I think it'd be 54. Yeah. 
So, all right. Well, Paul, I appreciate you uh, pinch hitting here and yeah, joining it was us. Fun. Uh, you know, I, I asked you weeks ago if you would be able to do this, not even thinking that we'd have the CFP to talk about yeah. and, and knowing that it was going to be Niners Eagles. So that worked out really well. Uh, we would have had fun talking about whatever uh, sports betting and, and NFL action is always fun. But this definitely gave us some juicy stuff to uh, give our takes on. And uh, always appreciate you coming on the show. And uh, we'll look forward to doing it again sometime. Maybe we'll have you on in January for some uh, NFL playoffs or uh, or college football playoff action. Yeah. will still be going on in early January. So we'll see uh, all these all this hot air that's been pushed around today uh, across the uh, internet. Uh, how much <laughs> of it stands up and uh, and looks uh, after we get these uh, games actually played. Uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah. But yeah. So you can check out Paul, uh, SV Sports, BerksportsReport.com for everything that Paul's doing in the the greater Berks County area. I know you're not limited to just Berks. I feel like you're Chester, Montgomery, Lancaster, Lebanon, Schuylkill. Yeah. You're really expanding the SV Sports footprint in terms of of high school sports coverage and regional sports coverage. Yeah, it's it's been incredible how our social media following has just exploded in – basically the last 13 months. And uh, if you like seeing uh, highlights of all kinds of different sports, um, you know, my radio days, it was basically football, basketball, and then I took it upon myself to to go cover baseball. But now, you know, field hockey, lacrosse, girls volleyball, boys volleyball, um Track and field. Say, I track mean, and field. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of all over the place. Uh, obviously, I love my hoops. Um, Exeter has a real nice tournament coming up uh, Friday and Saturday. If people want to stop over there, some teams from Philly are coming in. Allentown Central Catholics coming oh. in. Uh, BC will be there. Archbishop Carroll will be there from uh, Philly. So uh, that that'll be a good one to stop by. But we put up a lot of clips of. Um, not me getting run over on the <laughs> sideline, although some were close. Um, but a lot of unique uh, highlights of different high school games from from all over the place. Yes, and Justin, and I appreciate you sending uh, clips our way to show on Bulldog Hour. Oh yeah. So uh, I know Roman Catholic. We had some. I think from Mifflin. So uh, it was Cheltenham. It's uh, Cheltenham. Yeah. yeah. I I with doing pictures. I don't have time to do the video. And we used to pull up the huddle tape, but it's just not the same. It's not. It, it it's, really sideline stuff is so much better. Yeah. So anytime that you send those over, we're very appreciative of uh, being able to broadcast on on the Bulldog Hour. So um, I think that's it, though, Paul. Again, thanks for joining me. And uh, Justin and I will invite you back again here real soon to talk uh, to mo- talk more pro football uh, in the new year, believe it or not, in 2024, right around the corner. <laughs> Sounds so, good. Uh, Justin and I will be back uh, next week and the week after. We should have two more shows before we shut it down for the holidays. But we'll be back and better than ever in the new year. So I think that's it here for episode 387 of the Joe Mays and JRAF show. And uh, Justin and I will be back in one week, December 10th, 8.30 Check us out at jmnjrradio.com and follow us across the social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, all that good stuff. So for Paul Paul Roberts, Justin Raffoff, and myself, thanks for listening, and we'll be back again in one week. That's a wrap on this episode of the Joe Mays and J-Rap Show. Brought to you by May's Sandwich Shop. 
You can watch each weekly episode live on Facebook, Periscope, or YouTube. Be sure to like, follow, or subscribe to the show on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. You can also rate and review us on many of these platforms as well. We'd love to hear from you. Send your emails to the Maze Sandwich Shop inbox at joemaysandjraff at gmail.com. The Joe Mays and JRAF Show is a part of the JMNJR Radio Network, home to other productions such as the Bulldog Hour, Tangents with Friends, and Nat Chats with Dad. Until next time.